May God bless you as she comes. Good morning. morning. You may be seated. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to be here. I've been wanting to come visit the church for a couple years now and uh, always hear how good the meetings are. So now that uh, my son's old enough and my husband's old enough to be by himself. I've, le- I've left both of them at home, and, and they're doing fine. They've got Grant there to babysit, so both. No, so the, the three boys are at home, and um, it's good to come out. I, I love uh, our congregation. I love ministering in the church, and, um, and uh, the, the dynamics of a local church. I love the local church, and I love... Um, you know, watching the people's lives change in the local church. And so um, when I minister, I like bringing things back to, you know, where we live, uh, where everybody lives. Amen. And uh, the day-to-day and what's going what's gonna to help you with the day-to-day. Amen. And um, so this morning, I want to go to Psalm 94. And uh, we, I grew up, I loved the local church growing up. Um, my parents both loved the local church. Um, you know, for my mom being the church secretary, she wasn't, it wasn't just a job for her. Um, working at the church was not just, an, uh, you know, God told her um, that it was the right thing to do when she took the job, and she, or she knew it was the right thing to do. But um, we, our lives revolved around the local church. I, one of my fondest memories was uh, when we moved into a new building. I was, um, I believe I was, in, I was in late high school, and uh, I remember mom saying, we've got to go to the old building, we've got to, another church had bought the, the building, and we'd been in that building since I was born, so that building was all I knew, and that was uh, where all my memories were, all the friends I grew up with in the church, who were still in the local church. We were all raised in the church, and they're still there. And, um, and I remember she said, we've got to go back, and I've got a few more things to pick up, and everything was empty. It was completely empty, all the music, every equipment was gone, and I remember just crying because we were leaving, you know, the building and, and, and moving to the new building. And, but what a memory that that was something that was important to me was what was happening in my local church. That was the biggest thing in our life was what was going on in the local church. Amen. And, uh, and so you have to teach your kids, this is our life. This is what's important. You know, uh, if you're on staff, this isn't just a job. It's not just an occupation. Uh, you know, we don't do these things out of obligation because it's a job, honey. We do this. You know, I never heard that from my parents. You know, well, we got to do this just because we're department heads. No, it was a love. They loved the local church. Uh, they did things because they had the heart uh, that the pastor had for the people. They picked up on his vision and took it as what they were called to do. Amen. And uh, so even though they weren't in the pulpit, they were carrying those things out. Every Sunday, every Tuesday, every event, 
Uh, and so that just carried over and made it easy to step in um, with helping with the, the church in California. And, and, uh, but it was a wonderful way to grow up. And so you're never, when you always put in your kids' lives, when you put the local church first over everything else, yeah. you're never shortchanging them. Amen. You're never robbing them of anything. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, people think, well, I'm robbing them of, you know, this opportunity and that opportunity. Listen, everything that, that was uh, associated with the church, every event came before anything else. No matter what, you know, I was heavily involved in sports in the community that we, we lived in. I grew up playing sports from the time I was six till I graduated high school. Um, I was always doing one or two sports at a time. And, um, but it never took priority, never over special meetings. It didn't matter if we had special meetings going on at the church. If you had to, I mean, I remember driving an hour to go play uh, a high school volleyball game and driving, leaving immediately after the game was over to make it to our Wednesday night service. Yeah, yeah. And people think, well, it's just a Wednesday night service. We, we don't miss any. You know, what, what's the point in missing one? Well, it was, it was a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It was a faith issue. And, uh, and my heart was with my church, not with the extracurricular things that I enjoyed to do. And so um, you're never robbing your family. You're never robbing your, your, uh, your kids. You're never robbing, um, you know, your, your family time uh, is, can be local church time. Amen. And so, uh, you know, that was, so it made it easy for me to step into what I was born to do. And, and the call on my life. Because my parents had established the things that were important. And they knew the call that was on my life. Both of them did. And didn't really even didn't, didn't share that with me until I kind of, it was unfolding for myself. They didn't, they didn't say much. They let it unfold for me. But what they did was they kept me in the place where they knew it was going to be able to come to pass. Where they knew the, I was going to be able to take the right steps. It was going to be easy. It wasn't difficult when God started dealing with me about going into the ministry. Uh, because everything up until that point was pointing me in that direction. I, it wasn't a fight. I wasn't having to go up upstream to what I was used to doing. So those of you with uh, kids and you know that they have a call or you know maybe, sometimes you know my, your, your, your kids are going to have a, a stronger uh, role in the local church. Some people do. They, they've got a stronger role in... Um, and maybe it's a staff member or, or whatever, uh, they're, they're, uh, <clears throat> they're going to be a, a sheep in the local church that's uh, got a stronger role than others. And uh, you know they have a greater supply to bring. And uh, so you have to train them and direct them uh, so that when that time comes, then they're not going, they don't feel like they're, they're bucking right. what they were already used to. Right. You know, they, yeah. they, they don't have wrong habits in place. Uh -huh. A wrong system in place. Right. So I didn't have to veer off the, the, the system. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't join up. And, and when, I, when I married Steve, and I, I wasn't in a different system. Right, 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 going, right. I'm not used to this. Or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I probably would have never been prepared to, to marry him had my, my, my pastors and my parents not established the right things in my life. Amen. 
And, uh, and the Word had the right place. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is uh, the Word having the right place in your life. Hallelujah. And in your family's life. And, um, and we're going to kind of carry over some things that Pastor Nancy was talking about uh, yesterday morning. And so in Psalms 94... Verse 12, I'm going to read out of the Amplified. It says, Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. And so we know that when it's talking about teach out of your law, that's teaching out of his word. Those who are uh, instructed and disciplined out of his word are blessed. Those are the ones blessed. Didn't say those with a college education, Come on. the best job in town. Says those who are instructed out of the word, out of his law, and disciplined. Yes. Yes. You, have to, you have to allow yourself, as I've gotten older, I've realized, you have to make a conscious effort to allow yourself to be instructed yes. and disciplined out of the word. And, and uh, corrected, we could yeah. say that, yeah. by your pastor. You have to make a conscious effort. Because you can sit and come and listen and miss the, cor- the correction and the instruction if you're not actively looking for where can I, uh, where can I make, make changes? Where can I make... If people come and they, they, they come to church on Sundays, you know, whether it's to, to, to pacify... Uh, themselves and make themselves feel good or because, you know, they've had a habit and um, they're just going out of habit. Uh, Yes, routine. Uh, You know, it's easy to do things out of routine and you just get in the routine. You have to let yourself be instructed. You have to let yourself be corrected. And uh, it's not a negative. To, To keep in mind, it's not a negative to be instructed and corrected by your pastor or whoever's teaching. And um, I I need my pastor to speak plainly to me. I need her to give me uh, the instruction of where I may be doing it wrong, not where I'm doing it right. But where am I doing, where can I make instruction? I need her to give it to me so plain that if I don't need it at that moment, it was so, so made plainly that, it, that I can recall it down the road. It's very, it's made, my, my instruction and my discipline is made very simple. So whether I need it then or later, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do out of the word. Because she's not, you know, your pastor's not instructing you out of their, their own, you know, mental capacity. They're instructing you out of the Word. They're instructing you out of uh, God's instruction. Amen? And uh, so when you, when you come up with this idea that it's okay to miss your opportunity for instruction and your opportunity for discipline, then this is telling me you're missing your opportunity to be blessed. Those two are together. I don't want to miss my Sunday morning opportunity to be blessed by receiving my instruction. Or my, my, my Tuesday night or Wednesday night or Saturday night. 
people have put the wrong. It's, uh, they, they think that, that, you know, a church service may be taking away from something that they want to do. It's, it, they're, they're taking away from their opportunity to be blessed, to receive the instruction, to help their life. Amen? And, uh, you know, school, when I was thinking about this, when, uh, you know, when I was in college and I went, um, you know, I, I, it was my option, you know, in college, it's your option. You can go to class or you cannot go to class. They don't really take attendance. You go, uh, and what you learn is up to you. And it's up to you what you take out of it, and it's up to you uh, what, with what you take out of it how well you're going to do on the test. And so, you know, the, it's up to people what they learn out of the Word. It's up to you. So you can either come and participate and learn and be instructed. And so when it com- comes time for the test, like she was talking about yesterday, you have nobody else to blame to point the finger at but yourself did you show up prior to test day did you show up to get your instruction did you show up and so she was talking about yesterday showing up to the test well there's things we have to do before we show up and that is to receive our instruction correction uh, whatever it is that you need because, listen, God knows the test coming. The Word has said the test is coming. Uh, tests and trials come to all of us. Opposition comes to all of us. You know, the person who signs up for, for their semester of classes, it's no surprise to them because they got the syllabus before the semester began so they can see when the test date is. They know it's coming. And if they choose not to show up for class... That's their, that's their choice. But don't go to the professor and, or the instructor and when the test comes say, I need special tutor time. You had your time on Sunday morning. You had your time. My pastor is not a t- my special tutor. And people think that their pastor is, 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 is at their beck and call for their special tutor time. You know who's my tutor? Is the Holy Ghost. But the thing is, let's go real quick. I want to go to John. I want to look at this scripture because this is where I'm getting this from so that you're not going to get offended at, that, the, that, that your pastor is not your, your, you know, your tutor for once a week. And you, you call them up. And I've, I've seen them. I work in the office. And, you know, precious people, they call, and they need that individual attention all the time. All the time. But what they're missing is they're getting individual instruction every Sunday morning, every, every midweek service. Because they've got the Holy Ghost. He is their, he's your personal, goes home with you tutor. You don't even have to schedule an appointment. You know, he's there all the time. Yeah, verse 4. Uh, go to John 14. John 14. Or they want a group study session. 
You know what those are? That's when they come to church and they've got to get everybody gathered around to, to tell them what they're going through, what they're dealing with. They want the group study session. They want the group help. There comes a point, you've got to stand on your own. The group cannot take the test with you. There's no such thing at the, uh, on the final, a group test. You take the test by yourself. Amen? It says in verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And notice this, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. So the key is, whatsoever things I have said to you. If you haven't been here to hear what Jesus is saying to you, how is the Holy Ghost going to be able to bring to your remembrance and help you? He helps you based on what you've been instructed. So he's going to help me based on, and help me to recall, tutor me in what my pastor's already told me. Instruct me. Bring to my remembrance the word that's already on the inside of me. If you don't have any word on the inside of you, he's got nothing to work with. Amen? And uh, so a, tur- a tutor, he works. You know, a tutor, when you, when you, uh, you know, if your, your kids need tutoring or, you know, maybe they have difficulties in a certain subject, you know, that tutor, uh, what you do is you take the work that you were given and you take it to the tutor and they go over already what you've been given. The tutor doesn't ever teach anything that the teacher hasn't already instructed. They're helping with what the teacher was already in, given instruction. So the Holy Ghost is there to help tutor me in what my, the instruction my pastor has already given me. Amen? But if you miss your class time, if you miss your instruction time, it's going to be difficult for you. It's going to be difficult for the Holy Ghost to, to bring to remembrance the things that you're going to need. Amen. Amen. Now let's go back to Psalms 94. Because chapter, or verse 13, and this is what some of the things she was talking about yesterday. Verse 13 says, This is going with verse 12. In the Amplified, it says, That you may give him... Let's start in verse 12. Bless, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man whom you discipline and instruct. So blessed is the man who's disciplined, corrected, instructed in life. O Lord, and teach out of your law that you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity. That you may give him, or you could say this, that God may give me the power to keep myself calm in the days of adversity. When I get the word, that's God giving me the power to face adversity calmly. Because I have his word. Amen? And uh, people who get touchy and neglect to receive the instruction... And uh, they, they, um, they push against any correction or discipline or instruction that may come from the pulpit. First of all, I always wonder, what are they even doing here? Right, right. Come on, what are, why, are they, why are you even here? Right. 
If you're gonna, if you're continually pushing against uh, the the instruction that's coming from the pulpit, what your pastor by the Holy Ghost, what he or she is saying by the Holy Ghost, why are you even pushing? Why are you even here? If you're not here to receive, why? What are you doing here? You need to evaluate. Why am I here? But I see here that if I'm neglecting. If I choose to neglect the instruction and the discipline that comes from the word, I am neglecting the power God is giving me to face adversity. That's what it says, that, that you may give him power to keep himself calm, not the study group. You see here, not, the, not, not your prayer group keeping you calm. You, he gave you the power to keep yourself calm, to stay steady. At opposition and adversity. Where's the power? In his word and in his, in his instruction. Amen? Pastor said yesterday, Pastor Nancy said yesterday, if I don't know, I won't have because I can't believe. If I don't know, I won't have because I can't believe. If I don't know, if you don't know, if you don't know before the test comes, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, what are you going to do? And that, that's one thing, you know, both, both my husband and I are very aware of. Even though we, uh, you know, we're, we're living with our parents right now, and even though we work very closely with them, they cannot walk out. We can't live off of what they know. We cannot walk out what we're called to do based off of what they know. It is going to have to be based off of what we know. We have to face our, our opposition and our test based off what we, what we know. It doesn't come any easier to us just because, you know, we're in the ministry. You know, or our parents are in the ministry. It doesn't come any easier. We still have to take and sit on Sunday morning and Saturday night in our midweek service. Him and I both have to be, we, we have to be the number one people to receive our instruction we we have got to be so focused on receiving from our pastor and 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 from wherever uh you know if whether she's ministering or doctor whoever's in the pulpit we know this it doesn't matter our instructions coming so that we may know so that we can have and when we face adversity we've already got the power ready at hand amen And uh, I love what she said yesterday. It says, she said, take what you know to opposition, not what you see or what you feel. Take what you know. Don't neglect the instruction of the word. Don't neglect your time to receive your instruction from the word. Because then you'll have nothing to take with you. When she was talking about yesterday, showing up, you'll have nothing to show up with. You'll have, she was giving the example of the, uh, the, the, the football team who shows up and they have to forfeit. They didn't bring, or they, they didn't bring the right equipment. I want to be able to show up with the right equipment. And that's not up to somebody else. That's up to me. Amen. And, uh. You know, the one, who, the one who pays attention and does their homework, they're the ones who succeed. Yeah. It's not always the most vocal. It's not always the best dressed. It's not always the, uh, you, know, you know, sister prayer warrior or, you know, sister spiritual. It's the one who shows up 
when the word is being taught and they do their homework. So let's go, let's go now. I want to go to James. Let's go to James. Because we want to take it a step further. You know, you can't cheat on a test. You know, in, in school, you can't cheat on a test. It's, it's not, you know, A, you're not really learning anything. And B, it's not allowed. But in the, in the tests of life, you can't cheat on a test. There's nobody's, uh, uh, there's nobody that can step in and do it for you. You've got to be ready to face it yourself. And we're not afraid of it. We don't, we're not afraid of tests. We're not afraid of opposition and adversity. Now, you might be if you don't have the word. And you don't know the word like you should, and you've not been prepared and studying like you should, doing the homework like you should, being a doer of the word like you should. You, you, may, you may get a little nervous. But I'm not nervous. I'm not scared because I've already got the power ready to go. Because I'm a good student. I receive my instruction. I can keep, I don't need somebody to keep me calm in face of adversity. I can keep myself calm with the word. Amen? It says James uh, 1, 21. says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. You know what engrafted? When something's engrafted in your... uh, I taught this in the Bible school. When something is engrafted, you take, and the example they give is, you know, you you have maybe a a tooth put in, engrafted, or your skin. You can have what's called a skin graft. And they, they put the skin graft in, it becomes part of you. It's not, it's, not, it's not separate. You can't take it on and take it off and put it on. You understand? It's not like a helmet or a shirt. When something becomes engrafted, it becomes part of you. You cannot separate. This is saying receive with meekness, be teachable, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. You've got to take the word and make it a part of you. You cannot separate you and the word. You know, with the, like I said, with the skin graft, when they put it on, it grows together yeah. with, the regu- with everything else. That's right. That's right. So with the Word, it's going to fuse and it's going to grow together with my life. My life and the Word are not going to be able, you're not going to be able to see them separate. When you look at my life, you're going to see the Word. When you look at the Word, you're going to be able to see my life. Yeah. Hallelujah. That is my goal. That is, that is what I strive for. It's what we should all be striving for. Amen. 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 So it says, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So this is the step further. Be a doer. Come and receive your instruction. Come and get your correction. Come and get your uh, uh, direction for your life. What does the word say about my life? What does the word say? uh, What is my pastor uh, getting up every Sunday and telling me that applies? And and let the Holy Ghost help you and uh, show you areas you can correct. Don't be putting on the brakes. And then when you receive it, go out and do it. You go out and you do it. 
So we don't separate the hearing and the doing. That's right. They come together. They come together. So in this scripture it says, but be doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving your own selves. And then it goes on to say, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So it's saying that the, the man who comes and sits and hears the word, and maybe, maybe they are a good student. Maybe there's somebody who takes good, you're somebody who takes good notes, and you, you're, very, you know, you're a very studious person. You, uh, you enjoy hearing your pastor. You enjoy the word. But when you walk out the door, because you've not put proper habits in place, and you're, you, you're not a doer of the word, it says it's like the person who looks in the mirror, looks at himself, looks at himself and then walks away and can't tell, can't even tell you what, what shirt they're wearing, right, right, right. what color eyes they have, how their hair is done. It's that simple. It's that simple. You would say, oh, well, that's foolish. You just looked at yourself. You just stood in the mirror, looked at yourself. You just heard the word for an hour, and now you walk out and you forget to do it? You just stood in the mirror and looked at yourself for an hour, and then you walked away and you don't remember if you shaved or not? You don't remember if you combed your hair, which side you combed it to? You don't remember if you, ladies, if you remembered to put on your mascara, you just looked at yourself in the mirror, and you forgot already. That's what it's like to come and hear your instruction, receive it, and then go out and not do it. So that's the second part of being a good student, is being a doer of the word. Amen? And uh, so I can't, I can't come and hear my instruction, hear my, you know, whether it's correction. You know, if I'm, I've got financial difficulties and I'm receiving instruction on my marriage, you know, or if I'm, you know, I'm having difficulties, uh, you know, with my children and my pastor gives me my answer, can't get touchy over, you know, having to change my parenting, how I'm parenting. If he gives me instruction on how I'm, uh, you know, how my eating habits and how I need to be taking care of my body, your body is your greatest asset. And if he's giving you instruction on how you need to be taking care of your body, don't get touchy. You go out and you do it. Don't forget what you look like. Why? Because I want to look like this. I want to look like what the word says I'm supposed to look like. Amen? And, uh, and so you, you can't get touchy. Uh, just, be, just do it. Just, just don't, don't. You got to, you know, when you come... Um, you know, with, with, when, you're in, uh, when you're in school, everything is mental. You're having to take everything in mentally. Yeah. See, when you're in church, it's taking it into your heart. Hallelujah. Receiving That's it good. into your heart. Yes. Not processing it mentally, but receiving, receiving it in here. When you receive it, into your heart, that's when it becomes engrafted. It doesn't become engrafted, so you've got to receive it in here so it can save your soul. So when it comes up out of your heart, when the Holy Ghost, the Helper, the Comforter, wants to bring to your remembrance the things you've been taught, it comes up out of here, not out of here. Amen. 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 Comes up out of your spirit, man. Yeah. 
the word becomes engrafted into the real me. The, I'm, the real me is a spirit being. And, and the real me isn't uh, dying, getting older. The real me is growing, maturing, moving on. Amen. And so I want to take in the real me, have that word engrafted. So that when, uh, when the test and the opposition comes, and I respond out of here, not out of here. Yes. If I'm, if I'm making it a habit of receiving the word into here, I'll make it a habit of responding out of right. my heart. Right. Not responding out of my mental, uh, my, out of my feelings, my emotions. So you can't receive the word mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Amen? You're not supposed to live mentally. That's right. That's right. And um, let's go to Matthew 7. And we'll, you know, a great example of this was, um, and she referenced it yesterday, was uh, Caleb and Joshua. You know, they had, uh, they had sent the spies into the land. God said it was theirs. God had already miraculously brought them out of captivity. Miracles had been done all along the way. Food, provision, direction, you know. Uh, uh, God had, had done some mighty manifestations on their behalf. And uh, he had said, this is your land. There's your instruction. Yeah. This is your land. And um, only two of them, yeah. only two of them were going to act on their instruction. The rest... Refused to act on the instruction. So, we saw yesterday, they forfeited. They forfeited. They didn't have the power to go in and take what was theirs. Because they forfeited. They, they, they let go of their instruction. God had already said, that's yours. What has God told you is yours? What has God told you to do? What instruction has he given you? Don't forfeit the blessing that we saw in Psalms. Don't forfeit your blessing because you won't take your instruction. And so the children of Israel, they forfeited. They forfeited what God said was already theirs because they wouldn't take the instruction. Only two men were going to take the instruction. So that tells me it's not up to somebody else. It's not even up to my spouse to take the instruction for me. It's up to me to take the instruction so I don't forfeit the blessing for my life. Amen? And, uh, you know, and the, the children of Israel, they forfeited the blessing for their children. So how I take instruction for my life is going to affect my children. See, Joshua and Caleb were trying to, they took the instruction and they wanted the generations that followed. They saw the blessing that was for the generations to follow. The others missed that. They missed it. Don't miss it. If it's, any, if, if it's for your children's sake, don't miss it. Take the instruction for your life, the correction, whatever it is. Be here, be present, and then go be a doer of the word. If it's not for you, it's for your children. Amen? And it's for the future gen generations. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So this is bigger than... Listen, the wave is bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah. 
What God wants to do in the wave is going to carry over to your kids, to your grandkids. And if you don't do, and we got the instruction last night, take your seat. What does that mean? Are you serving? Are you involved in your church? Are you just a fringe floater? Are you doing what God told you to do? God told the children of Israel, that's your land. And because they didn't do it, it affected the generations. You will sacrifice blessing for your family and for your children if you don't do and take the place you're supposed to have. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to, uh, you know, I don't want to have to answer to, to my kids one day for, I'm sorry, you know, or God, you know, I, you got to answer to God, but I'm, I want to be able to tell my children, I did everything with the word right. I knew to do for this family, you know, and that's something I will always, 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 I thank God on a daily basis that I had parents who did the word. I am standing here because I had parents and I had pastors who did the word. They were hearers, they took their instruction, and then they did the word. And you know what? My, uh, because I was raised in a home with discipline, and uh, I was made to follow that discipline and that instruction, it made it easier to follow when I got on my own to follow the instruction of God. If you neglect to discipline and give instruction to your children based on the word, it's going to be difficult for them to grow older and receive the instruction when their pastor gives it. If they can't receive it from you, what makes you think that they're going to receive it from him? Amen? So I am forever grateful that I had a home life that was steadfast in the word, that when opposition came, I saw my parents do the word. Not just talk it and then do something else. They lived it. Hallelujah. So good. And I'm a result of that. My life is a result, is a reflection of how I was raised. So make your, make your home life a reflection of the word. Let your children see that, honey, if you don't have the word, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because it doesn't matter what, how high of education you get. If you don't have, it doesn't matter uh, how many businesses you own. If you don't have the word, in one swoop, adversity can come in and take it all out. The thought, for me, the thought of living, uh, the thought of living outside of the blessing or outside of the word was too, too scary. It was too scary for me. So no matter what the world offered, you got to teach your kids, it doesn't matter what the world offered, offers. It's a little too scary to be doing it on your own. But you have to live it. You have to show them that mom and dad depend on the word. We have to have it. We, it our lives uh, require us do, being doers of the word. And that's where we get to this scripture, uh, Matthew 7, 24. It says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and do with them. Hears and does them. I will liken him unto a wise man. That's the word, that's, that's God's definition of a wise man. Teach your kids what the true definition of a wise person. 
Amen? Heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why? Because that house showed up with the word. Showed up at, at adversity, fully equipped. I, I, it's been a while, but I had done a sermon couple years ago and talked about the house properly building the house properly building your house and uh, taking the word and every every don't take one area and be a doer in the word in one area and neglect you can't be you can't be uh, speaking speaking the word over your finances and, and believe in God for finances and be talking any way you want to your Come spouse and I told our congregation, that's like leaving a big gaping hole in the roof. Yeah. You've got a solid basement, and maybe, you know, the living room and dining room are, are, are good to go. But your three upstairs bedrooms are wide open and exposed. Yeah. Building your house on the rock is being a hearer and doer in all areas. Yeah. You cannot pick and choose what areas you want to be a hearer and a doer. All areas require being a hearer and a doer. So when pastor gets up and gives you instruction for your life, you cannot take it in one area and neglect it in another or your house will be exposed. You may be left with no windows. You may be left with no doors. And with no doors, anything can get in. So when the rains come and the winds blow, your house is unfinished. I don't want an unfinished house. I want to be a hearer and a doer in all things so that my house is finished. It's complete. It's ready to withstand. Amen? Amen. And then it says in 26, it says, That house fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall. Didn't just say it fell. It said great was the fall. That's pretty, that's pretty serious. Great was the fall. It doesn't mean half the house fell. It means everything. 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 If I don't, if I'm not a doer in everything, and a hearer, and a doer in everything. I can lose everything. Listen, the devil doesn't just stay in one area. He starts in one area and he'll work till he finds a, a, an area that's weak. We could say this an area that you're lacking in power because you've not heard the word, you've not received the instruction. He's looking for areas where you've neglected to receive your instruction and see if he can shake that area. And when he gets in that area, he'll try to move to another area. You've got to be a hearer and, and a doer in all things. That's right, that's right. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when the word's on the inside of you, when it's engrafted into your heart, when it becomes a part of you, um, the answer's already on the inside. And um, so it doesn't matter what adversity comes. I know this, the answer's on the inside of me. And I've been given a tutor, a helper, yeah. a personal guide, the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And I've been given a pastor. Yeah. 
God gave me a pastor. God gave me. When you, when you rem can remember that, God gave me my pastor. God gave me my man of God. Why would you want to neglect someone that God gave you? And they're not speaking out of what they know. They're speaking out of the words of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So thank God for the word. Thank God we have, God's given us all the power right here to stand and to face adversity, to show up at adversity and face it. And I can keep myself calm. I don't need help from somebody else. I don't need somebody else to do it for me. I can, I can face it. I can have a solid house on a solid foundation. Amen. 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 The word is good. Amen. Amen. Amen.